0: Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Thinking LSAP podcast. This is Ben Olson in Washington, D.C. with Nathan Fox in Los Angeles. How's it going, Nathan?
1: It's great, man. I'm packing up for – I've got a ton of golf in the next two weeks, including – I'm going to Oregon um, tomorrow. I'm flying to Oregon, so I'm packing, like, multiple sets of rain gear. (laughs) This is kind of bizarre because – it's 72 degrees of course here in Los Angeles and I'm packing up for golf with uh stocking caps and waterproof boots and multiple layers of waterproof shit. Yeah. Um, so wait, why yeah. why Oregon? uh because there's a place in Oregon called Bandon Dunes which is the most beautiful golf place like just that in the world and uh I go up with a huge group of guys um we take 24 guys up there uh every February <clears throat> we go in the off season because the rates um are way cheaper rates for golf are cheap rates for rooms are cheap and if you get lucky with the weather it's like beautiful perfect um we've had years of perfect beautiful weather yeah, but uh, the forecast right now for Bandon is uh, a little dicey, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to drink some whiskey and uh, layer up. I need to go get some of those hot hands things, you know, those chemical yeah. pack things that yeah, you yeah. carry in your pockets. Sure, I'm gonna get some of those, and um, yeah, should be should be good because I'm gonna be outside literally all day in the rain, like we tee off at 7:30 a.m. and we won't be in the house until uh five PM. We play play thirty six every day while we're there. Whoa.
0: Thirty six <laughs> holes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of golf.
1: It is a lot of golf. Well, it's also like an impossible place to get to. Like I'm flying to Portland and then renting a car with a buddy and then driving the four hours to get to this central coastal Oregon. It's just in the middle of nowhere. But it's a uh, golf mecca. If there's any golfers out there, you should absolutely go to Bannon Dunes at least once in your life.
0: So it sounds like you can see the ocean from where you're golfing.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's, there's four golf courses, no, five golf courses there, and they're all on the ocean. They all have holes that are just on the ocean. So there's, um, I'm hoping not to hit any golf balls in the ocean, but uh, the ocean is a constant presence the entire time you're out there, uh, it feel, I've never been to Scotland or Ireland to play golf, but they say it's, uh, basically that style of golf links golf on the ocean. Hmm. It's really cool. I mean, it's like super beautiful.
0: Yeah, that sounds, sounds beautiful, but also, uh, cold.
1: It It is, yeah, <laughs> the ocean with the rain coming down sideways and the wind <laughs> is going to be a little bit tough. But like I said, that's, uh, that's what Whiskey and uh, Gore-Tex are for.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, should we? Well, I mean, I think people, if they haven't already gotten the message, we do have a uh, Patreon. And, oh, shit, I just got an email from Matt saying that somebody uh, has supported us. Oh, on- really? Yeah, Patreon, Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash thinking LSAT. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And you can pledge. Uh, wow. So we have our first pl- our first patron is Grant Albert. Grant Albert, you will always be the primary patron, first patron of the Thinking LSAT podcast. And Grant is going to be chipping in five bucks a month for oh, wow. uh, for uh, to help us defray. Some show expenses. So we really appreciate that. Thanks, Grant.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Patre- uh, so that's Patreon. Patreon. You got to start saying Patreon. I don't know why I want to say Patreon. Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash thinking LSAT. Of course, it's also on uh, the thinkinglsat dot com site. And you can pledge any number per month, and we will uh, very much appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we also have YouTube, huh? And that's youtube.com slash thinking at.
0: Yep, that's right.
1: I don't know why you would listen to the podcast on YouTube, but if you want to, you can. And even if you're not going to listen to it on YouTube, you could at least just uh, subscribe and upvote us and give us five stars and say nice things about us and all that uh, if you wanted to help spread the word about the show.
0: So I'm on the our channel right now. I'm just curious... Uh, Oh, we have
1: exactly 200 subscribers. Wow, great. You could be the (laughs) 201st.
0: I'm just going to see if people actually watch our episodes here. Yeah, it looks like we have some views. (laughs) Some listens? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, some listens. There's just a still picture, still frame picture while you watch this video. But anyways, um, yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, Do you want to jump into this first email?
1: Yeah. It says, Hi, guys. So, I just have a few questions to ask. But first, I wanted to give you a little background on myself. I'm 32 years of age, and I have been to four schools, and three of them were community colleges. The reason being, semicolon, is when I was 19, I had to start taking care of my grandmother. Hmm. Okay. Don't use semicolons unless you know what you're doing with a semicolon. A semicolon is not a colon. A semicolon means period. Yep. And the next thing should stand. So both sides of the semicolon have to be able to stand alone as their own sentence. That could just be a typo, but you're going to be lawyers and you need to not do shit like that because it makes you look really sketchy. Yeah. If it's not two separate sentences, it is not supposed to be a semicolon. That should have been a semicolon. I mean, that should have been a colon, my bad.
0: Yeah. The only exception to that, which you might actually encounter as an attorney, is lists of things that have lists inside of them. But that is only in
1: lawyer land. So. Right. Yeah, this is not a list of, of of things with a list inside of it. This is... Okay, the reason being is when, is when I was 19, I had to start taking care of my grandmother. That all could have been, this is because, or this could have just been, actually cut out all that preamble and say, when because... I was 19, I had to start taking care of my grandmother.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I did this for about eight years until she passed. She owned her own, sorry, she owned her home, still had a mortgage. And I wasn't making enough to keep it, so I had to basically become an adult really fast, and I had to stop going to school and find a place to live. I finally got back on my feet a few years later, and I just finished my BS in psychology at an online school, University of Phoenix. And I want to go to law school partly for me and partly because I told my grandmother just about every day since I was five, yes, since I was five, That I wanted to be a lawyer, with a capital L there, don't capitalize lawyer please, to help people like her. In parentheses, people that would get walked all over by the government because they didn't have money. I don't have parents around for support because my grandmother was my parent. I can seriously use all the advice I can get. Any uh, preliminary thoughts, Ben?
0: Well, I guess my first reaction is when this correspondent says, I want to go to law school partly for me and partly because I told my grandmother. um, I hope that, I mean, it's it's understandable that things do things for other people, but Uh, law school, I think your grandmother would ultimately want you to do what you're going to want to do fully. (laughs) And so I hope you're making this decision because you, you really want to go to law school, not because you now feel obligated to, because you said you would to your grandmother.
1: Yeah. And she's not helping to pay for it. And she's not going to be at your graduation. Sadly. And I I really hate it when people start talking about since they were five, five-year-olds do not know what lawyers do. So the fact that you want, thought you wanted to be a lawyer when you were five, I mean, five-year-olds want to be dinosaurs when they grow up, I, you know, I want to yeah. be a robot when I grow up. It's like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's fun. But it's not, it's just not a reason to go to law school. Nope. So, I mean, where are the, where's the practical, well, you know, she, he or she is saying, (laughs) they is saying, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, do we have a name here? We just have L. Okay. L L L is basically saying, uh, I want to help people like my grandmother that would get walked all over by the government because they didn't have money. Um, okay. I don't know what kind of a career you're talking about though. Like who is going to pay for you to do that? What job is that? Yeah. A lawyer who helps people with no money who get walked all over by the government. You like what, where, who show me a lawyer who does that.
0: Are you helping criminals who can't afford an attorney?
1: <laughs> right, we know we know about criminal defense lawyers. Is that what you're talking about?
0: It doesn't sound because like it. Her, his grandmother's or her grandmother's not. We're not assuming
1: that Elle's grandmother is a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so then, who? Yeah, what? What type of? What? T- it's this would be a government lawyer who is. <laughs> it would be a government lawyer, right? I mean, or it would be a government a lawyer that works for a, a nonprofit of some sort.
0: Or maybe a big law attorney who honestly takes on pro bono hours and goes out and helps people who are being walked all over by the government. I it just, Yeah, okay. That's not – ultimately, that's your oh boy. hobby, not your actual job, you know?
1: Okay, continuing on. I do charity... Oh, Ben, I, I did want to ask you, have you ever had a student go to law school who has an undergraduate degree from the University of Phoenix?
0: Not that I know of. I Same here. I, is that even... <laughs> I, is that legit? We're not... Like, I don't know what
1: yeah i don't I don't know much about it i mean i uh, you know online schools are there's no reason for them to have a bad reputation right i mean all schools are going to be online schools yeah. very shortly sure uh, so I, we're not shitting on any particular school or on or online schools generally but university of phoenix um i'm just i have been doing this for a very long time and I don't think I've ever had a student who had an undergraduate degree from University of Phoenix end up in law school yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to ask you if you had the same. So we, uh, anyway, don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Um, okay. I do charity work for underprivileged children that are trying to get a good education. And I also help feed the homeless. Um, that's great. Thanks for your good work. Um, I have had an encounter with the law and that has been expunged. Please don't judge. People make mistakes and they grow and learn from them. And that's exactly what I did. Um, okay. Yeah. People can get over that. We recently talked about a a situation where someone had multiple encounters with the law, which was, that's much worse than one. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I messaged you guys before on your site and asked about my GPA, which is 2.77. And LSAT 152 practice score. And I do thank you for that piece of information. It was very helpful. Okay, we don't know what piece of information that's referring to. But anyway, you're welcome. Um, so my questions are, how am I supposed to get letters of recommendations when I was doing online classes that lasted five weeks? <laughs> uh, fair point. Hmm. Don't know I mean, can you email your professors?
0: Yeah, maybe I mean, they might just assess you Based on how well you did in the online class
1: (laughs) Yeah I mean, although L didn't do very well In the online classes With a 2.77 Yeah. So, you know you, You have poor grades From a not super reputable university In an easy major Um yeah, you're going to need a really big LSAT score to make any kind of a compelling case for law school admission. Um, letters from professors. I don't know. Send, in e- send emails. I imagine you had email contact with your professors, so you're going to have to try to get in touch with them and see if they'll write you a letter. Or you can use professional recommendations, which is totally fine, too. Um, what are the chances of a person like me getting into law school? Mm, not good. Or, you know, almost guaranteed that some shitty law school will take you and try to take your money.
0: Yeah, with the 152, um, who knows what it will be officially, but schools, lower tier schools will take you. Uh, But you just have to decide (laughs) that that's not worth it.
1: Yeah, you should decide right now that's not worth it, period. It's not worth it. you go for free or don't go at all. Um, what score do you think I should be working for to make it possible? Well, that's a question that you answer by going to the LSAC GPA calculator and the 509 reports from the schools that interest you. Um, you want the highest possible score you can get.
0: Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, you just use the 509s to figure out what score at a minimum you need to go to these schools but and get scholarship but at the end of the day even if you know whatever score that is you're still going to just try to do the best you can and then if that's good enough great if it's not then don't go to law school
1: yeah get a get a 165 or a 170 and get a full ride <clears throat> somewhere and go ahead and just change your entire life, you know? But if, if you're going to go pay, um, anything for law school, I think you're getting ripped off. Yeah. In, in California, I would be extremely worried about this person ever being able to pass the California bar. I I just think it would be really, really tough. Mm -hmm. Um, with those grades, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. You can read this on your podcast, but please leave my name out of it. Thanks. Best, uh, L good luck, L thanks for writing in. Thanks for listening. Don't pay for law school here. Please don't pay for law school. Whatever you do. You want to do the next one? Sure.
0: Hey, Nathan and Ben. I love the pod. Use my first name or don't. (laughs) Uh, okay, Alex, we will. Thanks for the hours of content. I won't. Okay, I will, and Nathan won't. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can follow both of your instructions. Uh Um, Contradictory instructions. Thanks for the hours of content you provide for free. Smiley face. I went on a road trip last week to visit some law schools. I found Thinking LSAT two days prior to leaving.
1: my call in there, in between those two.
0: Oh, yeah, look at that.
1: That's how you do it correctly.
0: That's how you do it correctly. Although I, I won't let any you know any good compliment go without a criticism. Um, prior to is so lawyerly. Just used before, always. Uh, yeah. Um, this uh, Alex continues. I listened to about forty-five hours over that time frame. <laughs> Holy smokes!
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry too.
0: This is like people who come into our class, you know, on the first day of class, and they're like, oh, I know you so well from the podcast, and it's it's a little eerie.
1: I always apologize to those people, too. I'm just like, I'm sorry for all of the shit I've said. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm really sorry.
0: This benevolent benevolent brainwashing increased. Is there such thing as benevolent brainwashing? What? Mm-hmm. Okay. This benevolent brainwashing increased my score dramatically. My last four tests practice tests have averaged nine points higher than my average before my trip. I used, I used to accidentally end up, I used, Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I used to accidentally end up finished, end up finished with seven to 10 minutes to spare. (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah. And lots of silly mistakes. Hmm. Uh yeah. You changed my mentality. I no longer try to outsmart the test with shortcuts. By slowing down, I have managed to cut down on wrong answers even if I almost never finish. Amazing exclamation point. Yeah, amazing. Maybe it's not a large enough sample to say that I've improved, but I'm happy nevertheless. Going from about 160 to about 170 is life-changing, especially with my shitty 2.67 GPA. Oh, okay. I got testicular cancer in college and didn't drop out due to immigrant family pressure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at the immigrant family pressure. We get a lot of emails like this where people are like, no, you don't understand. My family's immigrants. (coughs) Um, <coughs> we're not laughing wow. at the cancer <laughs> no not laughing at the testicular cancer part wow that's, that's a challenge
0: um, tangentially what do you think about this news hmm? we have a link mm-hmm. no, I don't know what the link well, let's see what the link says uh, okay pulling it up it says oh this is from power score December 2007 LSAT takers Numbers were up 28% to 40,000. December 2017. Oh, what did I say? It's 2007. Oh. <laughs> yeah. no, it's okay. Those are up. Uh, yeah. So the, mo- so the test just before this one was up 30% to 40,000 test takers, the highest numerically since 2010, and the highest percentage jump in the, rec- in the recorded public history. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. Um a lot of people taking the LSAT again. Why do you think that is, Nathan?
1: Because random num- randomness, I don't know. Shit like that never does anything for me. It's just data points. I don't know. I <clears throat> numbers go up, numbers go down. I don't care.
0: I wonder if it, I I wonder if it's part of the uh law schools offering more money now and so more people are finally getting the message and responding to that. And saying, oh, I'll go to school for half off. They don't realize they're still paying half price, but they think it's a deal, you know? Anyways. Could be. Could be. Last, don't put this in the – oh, don't put this in the pod. OK. Earnestly. Earnestly. Signed, earnestly, Alex.
1: Yeah, whatever your name is. <laughs> 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 Okay. Um, cool, yeah. Thanks Thanks for writing in. I think you probably gave us our show title there. Benevolent Brainwashing seems pretty clearly the title of yeah, this episode. that is good. Hello, I have a few questions I was hoping y'all could maybe help me with. These might be stupid, but I don't really have anyone else to talk to about the LSAT, and I find your discussions quite helpful. I am currently registered for the June 11th LSAT. However, I feel as though I may be pushing it as far as time goes. I was just made aware of the July 23rd administration and now I don't know what to do. I would love it if the July administration was a disclosed test, but it may not be. Who cares? On the other hand, July 23rd is a much better time for me. Since I get out of school mid-May, I would have a solid amount of time to prepare. What? What are you talking about? Okay, you're thinking about this all wrong. Um. I thought I could be ready for the June administration and do still try to fit in study time when I can. However, between school and leading a club slash organization that requires me to travel, I haven't had much time to study, unfortunately. Wait a minute. Are you the treasurer of four different clubs (laughs) or organizations? And doing Um, scientific research
0: papers on the side?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do y'all think I should cancel my June registration and register for the July administration? No. My one fear is not getting a seat if July proves to be super popular. There may be people who are thinking the same thing I am. Additionally, I'm not sure if LSAC is planning on limiting testing locations since they just added the July date. I'm sure they're not. Love the podcast. I listen to it as I walk to class. Big smiley face. Thank you so much for reading this email. All the best, Anya.
0: Anya, I would just take a look at your week and figure out what times you can study for the LSAT. Schedule them now. They only have to be 45 minutes long if that's all you've got. Enough time to take a 35-minute section and to start reviewing it. You can review the rest of it the next time you study, although it would be ideal to do it right after. An hour would be ideal, really. And you just look for hour blocks in your week and you just schedule them and then you do the same time every week and you have a lot of time between now, February, and June and you're going to make a lot of progress and if you can take the test in June, then you'll get that experience, you might be done. If you're not done, you can take it again in July and use the time you have between May and July. Uh, I, there's no downside to taking it twice, but there's all this upside because you are shooting for something that's still very far away, the June LSAT, and uh, giving yourself the opportunity to take it again in, in July. I would just, instead of canceling June, I would sign up for July.
1: Yeah. Um, you need to take the June test and then take it again in July if necessary and take it again in September if necessary. Uh, waiting until summer break so that you can study full time is dumb. You need to be studying a little bit every day right now. And LSAT needs to be your priority. Um, Not school, not your student organization. The LSAT needs to be number one here. The, The LSAT is the primary determinant of where you get in and how much you pay. And it is more important than listen, if your grades slip a little bit and you get an a minus instead of an a, but your LSAT score goes up by five points, that's an easy win. That's a hundred percent better outcome. Yeah. You would rather have a minuses and five more LSAT points. So, And and it doesn't take as much time. This sounds like procrastination to me. This sounds like a, I'm going to overestimate how much time it takes to study for the LSAT, and then I'm going to not study at all. And instead, you need to be reasonable about how much time it actually takes to study for the LSAT, which is, like Ben said, 45 minutes every day, or an hour a day, every day, a little bit every day. And put that in your calendar and make that the priority and then let school and your club and organization and friends and all the other bullshit of college fill in the other 23 hours in the day. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you need to be more serious about the LSAT. That's just, that's all there is to it. I think it's, this is see, looks like a symptom of, like, somebody who, people underestimate how serious lawyers are, and they underestimate, like, what types of choices lawyers really make. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my really good buddy, she was on the show, Nikki who Nikki black, you know, she's a real lawyer. Her career is the primary focus of her life. And you, and she does tons of stuff with friends and families and she's a wonderful friend. She's a great, she's a great person. She's a joy to be around. She's super delightful. You know, she gets a lot done. She gets a lot done in, in the day, but work is the number one thing for her. And, if the LSAT is the beginning of your legal career, you need to put the LSAT like first mm-hmm. in, in your <laughs> like Ben. I like that. The calendar idea, Ben, I like that. I mean, you put that time on the calendar right now for the next four months and just decide that that's the, going to be the first thing every day. Yeah. And all the other shit will sort itself out, but the LSAT needs to, needs to take the driver's seat here you right now you have three chances at the test if you take it in june and july and september but if you just skip june because you think you'll be ready more ready for july that's just giving up one of your three chances that you have uh, this cycle before early admissions yep okay um also why do people get so freaked out about disclosed tests versus undisclosed tests?
0: I don't know. You're still going to get a score. And that's the biggest value from it. The other thing is that people, even when it's not a disclosed test, when it's, I'm sorry, even when it is a disclosed test, they put a lot of weight in what happened on test day. You know, it's sort of like, oh, uh, I got to wait for my score to come out uh, to see whether I need to work on games or logical reasoning. It's like, no, you you should know already whether you need to work on games or logical reasoning or both, for most people, (laughs) for almost everyone, uh, based on your practice test scores. Your official test is not going to be the holy grail of insight into your abilities and performance. It's just one more test. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, your practice tests are going to tell you what you need to work on. So yeah, the, the disclosed it's great when they give you the test and you get to see exactly your mistakes. That's great. But that's the only, who cares? Otherwise that's not the point. The point is another crack at taking the test and getting an official score on record, Yeah, which non-disclosed tests do just as well as disclosed tests. Yep. So that doesn't matter. And then speculating about, um, speculating about whether they'll have sites or not. I don't, it doesn't, I would, I would just take it in June, (laughs) go ahead and register for July as well. Yeah. I think that's the best advice. Okay.
0: The next one. Hey, Ben and Nathan, I'm Amanda. Feel free to use my God given name on the podcast. If this email ever becomes famous, um, I don't know if it'll ever become famous. So
1: maybe we shouldn't
0: use your God-given name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we, we're we we're free to use it if it becomes famous. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, but we don't know. If it doesn't become famous, that doesn't mean we're not free to use it.
0: That's true. I know. Uh, good old classic uh, necessary sufficient issue there. I'm just a little on edge because I don't know. I don't know whether I should feel free to use it. Um,
1: <laughs> you want it to be given a rule that would make you for, for sure feel clear, in the clear about yeah. using Amanda's God-given name. Yeah.
0: You know, we're very conservative on this podcast when it comes to names. So, Amanda, um, you go on to say, otherwise, you can call me by my Twitter handle, SpicyButt99. <laughs> okay.
1: SpicyButt99. That's Amanda. Yep. yep.
0: Well, it sounds like otherwise covers everything, so we'll just go with spicy butt. Um,
1: spicy butt ninety nine on Twitter. I followed her. I think everyone should.
0: Everyone. <laughs> yeah, they'll remember it. I'm taking the LSAT in June 2018 for the fall cycle. I originally planned to take the February test to apply for the 2018 fall cycle. However, lost all my mojo when I shamefully began studying with Kaplan. <laughs> As long as you have a sufficient amount of shame, we will. Yeah, we'll continue reading your email. Those classes really crapped in my sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. The first diagnostic I took with Kaplan Strategies gimmicks bestowed to me said uh, bestowed to me a sad one forty eight. After trying your methods of attacking questions and being skeptical, A.K.A. a douche to the author. I scored a 154 on the June 2007 prep test in January, okay? After receiving that score, I turned to my Kaplan prep books and chided, "Not today, Satan." Okay. <laughs> so, Amanda has a some religious undertones here, God-given name, and she's talking to her books as if they're Satan. This next paragraph may or may not be important, but it is a shameless plug for you guys. Don't you don't absolutely need to read it? My question below. Oh, okay, this is like, should we, should we read this? A shameless. It's like going to be
1: like a commercial. Yeah, yeah. maybe because maybe we could, if it's useful, we could use it in other shows. It'll be like our commercial. Here, here's our testimonial. I'll do it. Here's a testimonial okay, from Spicy Butt Ninety Nine. I began to invest my time, energy, and efforts to the LSAT by learning from your guys' podcast and purchasing Nathan's books. To all the listeners that may have had similar study experiences as me, to be allowed, invited, and welcomed into the minds of two skeptical geniuses is truly a treat, and worth the intellectual journey and money for those who purchase their material. (laughs) Wow, this really is shameless. (laughs) Jesus. Though I'm generally an optimistic and accepting person, these guys and their trades allowed me to learn how to attack sections of the LSAT with the right mindset and feel confident slash badass while doing so. Many big LSAT prep material teach you, quote, tricks to get around the LSAT. These guys slash Esquires, LOL, teach you your potential and how to be your best. So again, thanks, Ben and Nathan.
0: Hey, we, we both are. Uh, Esquires. So I don't see why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, no, this is kind of like this is like penance for uh, going to Kaplan. So that's pretty good. Um, thank you, Spicy Button. Yeah, 99. thanks, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated. She continues. I graduated May two thousand seventeen with a three point two three undergraduate GPA. I'm scoring at one fifty five plus. On practice tests and aim to pull a one sixty one plus in the books. Okay, while I was still in undergrad, this summer between junior and senior year, I applied and was given the opportunity to study abroad with my university's law school to Germany. Hmm. We took two classes during our time abroad: international criminal law and the impact and legacy of the Holocaust. We traveled to Holland to visit the Hague tribunals, stayed in Nuremberg for our studies, and ventured to Poland to witness the crime scene that was Auschwitz. Both of these classes were graduate law school level classes, and all my classmates were rising 2Ls and 3Ls. I was pretty much the class's Doogie Howser JD edition, minus the fact that I'm female, Asian, and not entirely the smart kind of Asian. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I survived the month with little to no legal education and learning from my peers, passing the two classes with B-pluses and cumulative law GPA of 3.3. 3. <laughs> Spicy but Where is this going? Uh, will schools look at my law and undergrad GPAs and assess them differently? Um, I don't know. Will law GPA coupled with my LSAT inform schools of my potential to succeed or fail? I understand that my law GPA only consists of two classes from the summer of 2016, but I do wonder if it holds any weight. I'm also curious if when I go to law school and possibly transfer my credits, this will hurt my GPA having two B pluses prior to starting school. Oh, Okay. Uh, Yeah. Any thoughts on any of that? I don't know.
1: Uh, It just seems like she's overestimating the seriousness of this alleged law program that she did. You know, I don't know that she actually has a law GPA. She, she has an undergraduate GPA 3.23. She has these two classes that she took, got B pluses in both of them. And that's a 3.3. So anyway, it's the same as her undergraduate GPA, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Um, she's worried that the 3.3 is going to hurt her uh, law, her actual GP. You know, her like law school GPA. But what she's not realizing is that 3.3 is the exact middle of the curve in most law classes. Um, the most common grade people get in law classes is a B B+. So you. You have the right, and you're you're starting with the middle GPA. If that, if indeed these classes are going to tr- transfer, which I've I've never even heard of someone starting law school with with law credits.
0: Yeah, I think it's treated as undergraduate credits, even though it was technically a law class.
1: Um, yeah, that'd be my guess is that these aren't going to count. Hmm. She goes. So yeah, yeah,
0: it's not going to have an impact. Yeah. I'll keep you posts. I'll keep you both updated on my future endeavors. Thanks for the read. All the best, Amanda slash SpicyButt99. P.S. Sup, Nathan? Nathan, you're my homie. I hated Phantom Thread 2. Go MoviePass. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's up, Amanda? Yep, Amanda is my homie. I've talked to her on Skype. Um, she is great, and I. Tried to hook up with her while she was in L.A., but I was just too busy and didn't get to do that. So next time you're in town, Amanda will definitely uh, have that beer. And yeah, Phantom Thread sucked compared to all the other movies that I saw this year.
0: What is Phantom Thread even about? Um, I haven't even heard of it.
1: It's about Daniel Day-Lewis being oh, a great actor. Oh,
0: that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. yeah. It's not recommended. There's many, many better movies out there that you can see. Um, I, Tonya, Florida project, uh, I don't know. There's, there's lots of stuff out there to see that's better than phantom thread. Um, Oh, uh, call me by your name. Yeah. Lots of better movies. Anyway, thanks Amanda for writing in. I don't think you need to worry about this, your undergraduate law classes. I just don't think it's anything. I think that's all part of your undergraduate education. And if they do notice it, they're going to say, Oh, you got B pluses, which is what everybody gets in law school. Great. You're perfect. Not a star, not a turd. You're perfect. And it's your LSAT score that's really going to make a difference. So get that 160 something. That's what it's going to be all about. Yeah. Uh, another one? Yeah. Yeah. Is it me? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, Ben and Nathan. You can call me John. Okay. A couple weeks ago, I randomly typed LSAT on iTunes, and since then, I've been enjoying your podcasts. Great. Taking LSAT, or going to law school and becoming a lawyer, was never part of my career plan. I came to U.S. when I was 16, young but not young enough to be fluent in English. I was an extreme math-slash-English splitter, if I can use this term here, too, to begin with. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming extreme high in math, low in English. Okay. Um, doesn't generally make for a good law school candidate, but in the U S, but, uh, we'll see my first year in U S notice he's saying I came to U S and then my first year in U S that's a clear tell mm-hmm. of a non-English non-native English speaker. That should be the U S yeah. both, both times. Um, my first year yep. in the U.S., I took AP calc and received five out of five, had no math class left to take, got 800 on all math and science SATs for verbal. I started around 400 and I was satisfied at around 600. That's a weird use of satisfied there. Um, <laughs> okay. Ended up with 600. Great. Improved. On, perfect on the math improved on the English. I still, boy, don't, why law school? Please don't go to law school. Do something in the sciences. No. My God, we're sending, oh God, go to space. Do, create self driving cars. Cure cancer. Yeah. Oh my God, please use your math brain. Please, please do. I, I wish, Ben, I really wish I would have, if, if I could do it all over again, you know, I, I definitely would take advantage of my, um, Uh, math, I don't have like the, I don't have this dude's math brain, but I wish I took better advantage of the uh, math slash science uh, ability that I do have. Whatever I do have, I wish I would have taken more advantage of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this is somebody who has gifts clearly in that direction. And he's thinking about going in, he's thinking about pursuing the route that he is not naturally gifted in and I don't think that's generally a good choice. Fast forward 15 years, and here I am. I graduated with a BS and an MS in electrical and computer engineering, and I've been working as an engineer in the Bay Area. If I remember correctly, one English, one econ, and one French course was all I took from non-engineering slash science subjects, meaning all I've read since college through my work are data sheets, papers, and codes. Oh, and emails. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I see three books in English. One is about baseball statistics and the other two are about investing. And yes, I'm proficient enough in my field. So, why did I search for LSAT podcast? Yeah, good question. I don't know why you did. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can talk you out of this thing because I, I don't want you to go to law school. I've been, anyway, here's the story I've been dating my girlfriend for a while. We are thinking about getting married later this year or maybe next year her parents want either me or her to have a higher degree. We both have MS are engineers in S V. Do you know what that is? Mm -mm. And make a decent salary to old people. Degree is the King. Of course, I don't agree with it, but I too have been thinking about where my life is going. Projects at work can be fun or boring depending on the project, but at the core, the work is pretty much the same shit. First Two years or so i by the way i am correcting the many many like grammar problems in this email as i read um this is just it this looks like a very smart guy but it just looks like somebody who's gonna have god such an uphill battle to try to fix all these things to become a lawyer <laughs> yeah Anyway, first two years or so, I used to come home 9 or 10 p.m., but now I try my best not to overwork so that I don't underpay myself. That's the SV of today. Oh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, if I move to a very early stage startup, it may be different. Yeah, of course. Um, Anyway, since my girlfriend also wanted me to try, and she ordered PowerScore books for a Christmas present, I gave up and just decided to give it a try. She even had a bunch of practice test sets. We are at the age of artificial intelligence and smart contract. And here I am with these LSAT problems at age 31. I didn't even know what LSAT stands for until now. But these problems are actually fun. I started with LR, seemed obvious with its 50% weight. First thing I noticed, no penalty on guess. <laughs> Even sorry for laughing at the English. Even before I confirmed it from you guys, I knew if I can't shoot for all, I had to find the optimum number I can attempt and guess. It took me a month to finish that book. I'm not sure what my cold score would have been. I'm used to reading specs and directions first, so I read the book first. Then I tried 5 practice tests. In 35 minutes timed, I can get to about 14 to 17 questions untimed. Oh, sorry. In 35 minutes timed, I can get about 14 to 17 points. Untimed. I get about 20 to 24 points, which I don't care about. I, we don't care about your untimed scores. We care about your time scores. Um, anyway, I was going to read the LG book one day. Instead, I just gave it a try. First one, I finished three games, got one wrong. I tried a couple more practice tests, got stopped after two games, though. Perfect on one got stopped in the middle of the fourth game on the other one. It felt like solving Sudoku or one of those brain teasers you see from Facebook feeds. Yeah, I mean, this dude would score perfect on the games with not that much prep. As a uh, computer scientist, this this guy's going to have no problem with the games. Eventually, he'll have to practice a little bit, but he'll end up perfect on the games rc is challenging to me because of my reading speed so far i've done two timed practice tests got stopped after two passages for both i was surprised that i was pretty accurate though minus one and minus two on both practice tests i had about three to five minutes left after i finished the second passage okay i mean you could have read the next passage and gotten maybe the main point question right maybe what do you do in that case? I won't finish reading the next passage in that time. Go back and recheck? That seems like a waste of time. Yeah, I'm, there's nothing else to do besides start reading the next passage, right?
0: That's it. You can answer...
1: You shouldn't be going back. No. No,
0: if you did it well the first time, you're done. You chose your best yeah. answer, and you need to move on.
1: Yeah. Okay, since grade school, I never rechecked solved problems on an exam. Looking for the question that asks the meaning of a phrase and try to read that portion only? Hopefully I get better at reading these and can finish three passages. Yeah, I think that's the key, is that you just read more carefully to begin with, or you read just better. You get more out of the passage the first time through, and then you get better at quickly identifying the correct answer. Like, less time with the wrong answer choices. And then maybe eventually he could get to three passages. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm not sure I will go to law school yet. I remember when I was doing a TA during my MS, there was a PhD student TAing with me. I asked him what made him go for a PhD and he answered, he needed some time to think about his life. And that sounded cool. Maybe I get to say that. Oh dear God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't
0: use law school to think about your life.
1: <laughs> no, I mean not if you're paying for it. Holy shit, no. Yeah. If you get a full ride somewhere and you want to just go check it out, that, you know, that's not that bad of a plan. Like as long this, as you're willing to pull the plug and jump out if you need to. He's in Silicon Valley. If he gets like a full ride to Santa Clara or something, maybe he could even keep working and go like part-time to Santa Clara and and, at like for fun, he's going to struggle with the English part, but otherwise he's got just like more generally more horsepower than a lot of people at Santa Clara. Yeah. And so, but boy, if he's paying for it, Oh my God. No. Oh my God. Please. No, please let me talk to your, 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 your future mother and father-in-law and let me try to talk them out of it. Oh my God. It's, I mean, this is like, this is part of why the system is so fucked up, right? Like these, we got these old folks here who are just like, you have to get an advanced degree and your MS that you already have in engineering is not good enough. And so now it's going to like go throw away $150,000 on a JD. Yeah. Oh my God. That is a big, big, big mistake. (laughs) Um, anyways, I registered for the June test. Oh, well, there wasn't really a question in this email. If I do go further, I'll send you guys an update. Thank you, guys, and hold your Bitcoin, Ben.
0: (laughs) Thank you for writing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. There's no questions, maybe, but we can tell you the answer, and that is don't go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure, don't pay. Mm -hmm. Again, 100% don't pay. Um, We say that to basically everybody, don't pay. Um, but for this guy, for sure, a hundred percent do not pay. If you pay a dime for law school, you're getting ripped off and probably just don't even go like for what? Yeah. What are you going to do? Who? so you're going to have a piece of paper that says JD on it. I had a piece of paper that said JD on it. I literally threw it in the garbage. I put it down the trash chute at my old building that I lived in. Mm-hmm. That's what I did with my, my JD that cost $150,000. Is this guy really going to give up a career as an engineer in Silicon Valley in order to become a lawyer of some sort? Like, what type of lawyer? What do you, I don't, <laughs> you know, he could probably be like a patent examiner or something like that. He, he could, he could probably there's programs like Santa Clara is a good example. I mean, I know a guy who, who um, does like patent stuff at Santa Clara that would be worth investigating. But I think though, that like, if you're, if you're going to do that, you really want to make sure you're going there for free. Yeah. They should be paying you for your services. You're a, you're a highly in demand computer scientist. Yeah. And so if Santa Clara wants to take you on board, they should, they they should want to, by the way, they should take you on board, but they should pay you to go there. Yeah. It it basically would be like getting a job at Santa Clara and also them giving you a JD as part of your compensation. Hmm. That, that, that's a, that's a possible, <laughs> po- that's possibly a thing to do. Yeah. Um, and if you want to talk to my, this, I, we don't have a name here for this listener, but if you hear this and if you, Oh, John, sorry, we do at the top. You can call me John. Um, sure. John, if you want to talk to that guy at Santa Clara, I would, I would be happy. He's a former LSAT student of mine and he's very happy at Santa Clara. So, uh, I had a beer with him last time I was in the city. So if you want to, uh, if you want the hookup, I'm happy to hook you up with, uh, with my former student, uh, he, he had a, he had a technical background as well. And, Um, I think he's doing quite well at Santa Clara so you can talk to him about that route but uh, if you're just randomly going to go to law school somewhere and pay money, that's just a bad plan Okay Where are we at?
0: Yeah. Um, Should we do one more? Sure, go for it Thank you both for the great podcast. This is from Jake. Do you guys remember roughly what your PT average, your practice test average was when you took your LSAT? I asked because I remember on another podcast, Nathan mentioned his actual score was higher than what he had gotten on practice exams. Have we answered this question before?
1: Sure seems like it.
0: Huh. I wonder if it was this email. And he tried to count. Counteract the myth that everyone drops from their practice test average would would be interesting to see more specifically how much you guys went up and down, so I got a one seventy six and it was right in the middle of my practice test average i don't I don't know exactly what it was, but it was right around there and but you i didn't yeah go ahead
1: I didn't take very many practice tests at all i I really was only doing games. And not really scoring myself on full tests, so i I knew that if I could get perfect on the games, I would score one seventy four which I need is I needed a one seventy three in order to be able to teach for power score mm. and so i that's all I was going for, and I never really took a lot of practice tests. I just did games, so i don't even know but I mean I for sure never put a i for sure never sat down and did a full test and got a one seventy five even i don't that's just not a thing i did i just went in and i mastered the games and then i took the test and got my 179
0: yeah yeah um jake continues you guys And a lot of tutors emphasize fully understanding everything we read and figuring out the logic. That makes sense. But I assume you guys have a far greater understanding of the test now than you did when you first got 170s scores. So it seems clear that the kind of understanding you have now is not necessary to get 170s. This brings me to an issue I run into sometimes. Okay. Uh, Well, I would say that our understanding certainly has increased, but... I don't know if it's changed that much. This brings me to an issue I run into sometimes. Certain problems and answer choices are broken down by tutors in explanations to a level of precision that is very clear, precise, and enlightening. They completely make sense and are often quite elegant, but they involve a level of understanding that I don't think I could attain without having spent a lot of time teaching the exam. Part of me thinks that many of the tutors would still have gotten the question correct, though probably in an unconfident manner, even before they had spent such time breaking down brutal curve splitter types of problems. Uh, okay. The amorphous intuition that the tutor possessed before they started learning, started teaching is what I am after. How can I develop that? Do you even know what I'm trying to get at? Or is this just crazy talk? Uh, yeah, you can get questions right without fully understanding why they're right, but your chances of understanding something in the moment quickly depends on how well you've understood similar questions, similar concepts, similar types of wording and phrasing in previous questions. It's precisely because you understand something so well, slowly, that you can eventually start to glimpse it quickly. Um, and understand it. I'm not saying you should go fast through the test. I'm just saying that sometimes when we talk about questions together, Nathan and I will break down a question, we'll go through it slowly, and we'll parse it out piece by piece. Of course, when we're taking the test, we're doing that a lot faster, but we can do it faster. We can start to sense the connections and what's going on precisely because we can do it slowly. So I don't think I would shoot for this... (laughs) What did he say? This amorphous intuition. I would just shoot for understanding and then you'll be able to do it faster as you practice doing it slowly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Jake. It's, it's insightful that, I mean, you, you realize that when, when, when we first sat down at our first practice tests, we, we did do quite well. Um, right off the bat, I did, Ben did um, And so yeah, we did and, and that was definitely amorphous intuition As you describe it That we, we were getting them right Even though we didn't really know why we were getting them right And we've gotten better and better at explaining it We've gotten better at better at helping other people Understand what's going on um, But I, we didn't do anything to train that intuition We're just kind of freaks of nature I mean, it's like people always ask me like, oh, well, Nathan, what did you do? And it's like, "Eh, you don't want to ask me what I did. I'm, (laughs) I'm successful in this field because I was like off the charts at it to begin with. I'm just doing what becomes easily to me. And I've gotten better and better at teaching it, which hasn't come easily to me. That's like required, you know, my 10 years of work that I've put in now. And I keep getting better at, at explaining things, but I don't know that you can really train that. Jake seems to be asking for like, well, how do I just be a genius to begin with and just get them all right without ever prepping? And there's just, there's, there's not that many of those people out there. So I think Jake, you're just going to have to do it. It sounds like do what you've been doing. You're just going to have to put that work in and your intuition will get better and better. Yeah. Does he, you see what I'm saying, Ben? It's like he, I, I get it. Cause he's just like, well, why don't I just go straight to the result? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I, I think what he's,
0: it's, it's like he wants the intuition without going through the process of really trying to break down and understand something to the degree that we understand it. But that's actually the way you get to that level of intuition if you don't have it, and I think right. that, I think that was m- maybe more my experience than your experience because I started with like a one fifty three and a lot of things weren't you know totally clear to me, obviously with my starting score, but really trying to understand on an intuitive level, even if it takes me five minutes or 10 minutes. I remember this one question. It was a formal logic question in logical reasoning. And I remember reading it over and over and over again and being like, what the heck? I don't understand how answer choice C is right. And I put my head down on the table and then it like clicked. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, of course, if you have most of this, then you have most of that or something. I don't know. I don't even remember what it was, but like I just remember thinking, like, at what point am I going to stop thinking about this stupid question? But then it made sense. And that made it possible for me to encounter similar questions in the future and understand them so much faster, right? Like, sure, I might not understand it in the amount of time necessary to finish 25 questions in 35 minutes. But I was getting to a point where I could see a similar logical structure and be like, ah, yes, Um, that makes sense to me, and now I see why the answer is B in three minutes rather than five or ten. So you just have to grapple with things you don't understand and try to understand them intuitively. Uh, Even if you diagram something, you then have to try to – and that's very rare, but even if you diagram something, you have to try to understand what that diagram is actually saying. Don't, Don't just look at the letters on the page if you can understand something intuitively then the next time you encounter something similar you're much more likely to be able to see what's going on faster that's all
1: yeah i i, I think that's well said I, your intuition will get better through just kind of deep drilling into each question that you're missing. There's a reason why the right answer is right. And there's reasons why the wrong answers are wrong. And this question right now, you don't understand it. So there's something you're missing, but the more, yeah, the better you get. If if you can just reach that like light bulb moment on this question, then it's not just this question. It's like all future questions that are at all similar to this. Yeah, That light bulb is going to like, um, you know, illuminate those questions as well. Yeah. How about that?
0: Yep. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Uh, should we call it there? Sure. You're the host, so you
1: have to wrap it up.
0: All right. Well, let's see here. I'm trying to remember the ending phrase. First of all, that was episode 127. And, uh, thank all y'all for, for (laughs) listening. Yeah. Um, what was it? See you. Never. Nice knowing you. <laughs> nice knowing you. And then something else. Wasn't there something else? There is. Shoot. Uh, I don't know. What was it?
1: Don't pay for law oh, school. Oh, of
0: course. Don't pay for law school. What's the order that we're supposed to say
1: all that in? I don't know. I think you can say it any way you want. I think you did a good job. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.